Hello and welcome to the Stock Podcast. I'm Nate Abercrombie, the host of the only investing podcast that gives everyone the chance to hear public company CEOs and CFOs describe their business and provide the investment case for their company. However, not all interviews feature public company management teams. Every once in a while, I get the chance to interview industry experts, and this is one of those interviews. The last time I did a monologue was for the podcast intro which basically told you what this podcast was all about. This time around, I think I've put together something that you might enjoy and you might learn something from. When it comes right down to it, this podcast is centered around learning about a business. And the Stock Podcast is a business. It's a business for me. As opposed to just rambling on about popular episodes, best books I've read this year, or website traffic, I'm going to try to mesh this update with something educational. Now, one concept that every student learns in business school is Porter's Five Forces. So I thought that with this episode, I'd just sort of walk through Porter's Five Forces within the context of the podcasting business. At the very least, you'll learn about Porter's Five Forces. And for those who have already learned about Porter's Five Forces in school, you'll get a little bit of a refresher. But I also don't want to bore your socks off, so I'm also going to focus quite a bit on this particular business, the Stock Podcast. And hopefully, you'll walk away with at least a few nuggets. So, Porter's Five Forces is one of the most well-known concepts in finance used to analyze the competitive landscape for a particular industry or business. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the model used in investment pitches while I was on the buy side, so it's something that is very helpful whenever you're trying to understand just the competitive landscape. But after touching on the five forces, I'll also provide an overview of the past 16 months for this podcast, followed by some really important changes to the podcast. If you're not interested in hearing any of this and you tuned in just to hear a CEO or CFO interview, I understand. I don't blame you. But I do ask that you check out the survey that I discuss at the end of this episode where you basically just go online and tell me what you think about some of the changes that I'm contemplating for the podcast going forward. All you have to do is just visit the website, thestockpodcast.com, and then click on premium. There will be a survey on there that just allows you to give me your perspective on some of the options that I'm considering that might help this thing transition into, well, a going concern. So let's get to Porter's Five Forces. The first is competitive rivalry. Evaluating the competitive rivalry within an industry gives you a sense as to how intense competition is within that industry. So looking at the number of competitors and capabilities of each. Now, this is a huge headwind for anyone who wants to start a podcast, especially somebody who wants to make a business out of it. I don't think Apple posts real-time numbers, but... Earlier this year, Apple stated that there were more than 750,000 podcasts on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they want us to call it. But that's a huge number, 750,000 podcasts. If you just assume that 5% of those podcasts are related to investing, the Stock Podcast has almost 38,000 competitors. But the Stock Podcast has one big advantage, and that is there's no other financial podcast that I'm aware of, and I do keep my eyes on this, that gives listeners the chance to hear senior management from public companies talk about their business. The closest competitor that I'm aware of, which I encourage any energy investor to check out, is Energy Titans. It's hosted by Kenny Fang, 
the founder of Alarian. So yeah, the Alarian Index. It's a great program that focuses on the guest rather than the business. And Kenny has some really fantastic guests like Kelsey Warren from Energy Transfer and Greg Armstrong from Planes All-American. These guys are legends in the midstream space and they're really interesting conversations. Anyway, competition is extremely fierce in the podcasting space. So number two, the bargaining power of suppliers. This is a really important component of the model for businesses that rely on inputs or raw materials to produce their product. So sticking with Apple, there's a large number of electronic and technological components that go into each and every iPhone. And each one of those components has raw materials associated with them. If the supplier of, say, microprocessors raises their price, what options does Apple have? Is there a large number of microprocessor manufacturers out there? If so, the microprocessor who just raised its price with Apple probably doesn't have much bargaining power and Apple will just move on to the other manufacturer. The opposite is true if there's only a handful of suppliers. But for podcasting, I think it's just a little bit more complicated to quantitatively assess. I mean, who are the suppliers to podcasters? Another way to ask that question is, what are the fundamental inputs that are needed to create a good episode or a good program? Well, you need hardware like microphone, audio interface, cables, etc. But you also need some software to do the editing. And for this particular podcast, I also need a financial data platform for company research. Podcasters also need a hosting service for both the published audio file and their website. But for those three buckets, hardware, software, and hosting, the bargaining power of suppliers is very low. That's because there's tons of options out there. And the ongoing costs to run a podcast, so just the basics, not including marketing, the ongoing costs aren't that all that significant. But there's one more essential bucket that I've left out. And it's certainly the most important bucket for the stock podcast. This podcast needs guests, but guests of a certain type. This is where the water starts to get a little murky within the context of the supplier bargaining power. I, I don't pay companies to come onto the program, and they certainly don't pay me. But this program is all about the guest. It's all about the company. So just give me a moment to digress, because this is a subject that is at least for me, a little bit more challenging to fit into Porter's Five Forces. So if you've listened to the first episode, you know that the overarching goal for this podcast is to provide all listeners with one of the key advantages that institutional investors have over all other investors. And that key advantage is called corporate access, which is basically the chance to sit down with senior management hear the investment case straight from the horse's mouth, and then have the ability to ask questions. By doing this, professional investors learn about new investment ideas, and they gain insight into a company's earnings and growth potential. This whole process also cuts out a lot of the legwork that goes into learning about a new company or industry. And investment firms pay really big bucks for corporate access. I just recently saw an article from the Wall Street Journal that said corporate access was worth roughly $900 million to investment banks in 2018. The article also said that some institutions pay up to $50,000 for a single one-on-one -on -one meeting with a CEO or a CFO. And, and no, that 50K doesn't include cigars, bourbon, and adult entertainment with the bronze pole. 
we're, we're talking about just a management team and maybe a couple of hedge fund guys in a room for an hour. The point is, I wanted to give everyone the chance to hear these conversations for free, and it obviously would have been nice if I was able to deliver on my original goal of one company interview per week, which was just way too ambitious. But over the past 16 months, the Stock Podcast has posted 33 interviews with 16 CEOs, seven CFOs, and nine column experts or analysts. 19 of those interviews were with senior management from a public company, and three were with private companies. But that's not the whole picture. I actually conducted 23 interviews with senior management. Four of those interviews never got published. That's because I concede final approval to every company that agrees to an interview. I know I'm stepping into the theoretical here, but I consider that concession a cost of goods sold. That's because it takes me a long time to edit these interviews, and my time is valuable, just as your time is valuable. So in that regard, my guests, i.e. my suppliers, have significant bargaining power. Granted, I give them that bargaining power. But if you're wondering why I would concede final approval of the interview to management, well, it's basically for legal reasons. Is there a chance that a CEO or a CFO might accidentally reveal material non-public information? Absolutely. It's happened once before. And it's why most of these interviews have to go to the company's legal team, which also takes time, way too much time, before I eventually get the green light to post. Giving companies the chance to approve the interview also improves the odds that a management team will ultimately agree to come onto the program. But unfortunately, those odds are still really low. To give you an idea of what I'm talking about, since I started this podcast, I've invited 387 companies onto the program. And I've sent more than 500 follow-up emails. With only 19 public company interviews published, the odds are obviously quite low. The only reason why I point all of this out is to underscore some of the challenges in using rigid financial models or concepts in certain industries, and I think podcasting is a prime example. However, for this particular force, the bargaining power of suppliers, I think by and large, it is quite low for the vast majority of podcasters out there. So moving on to the third of Porter's five forces, it's the bargaining power of customers. More specifically, this deals with a customer's ability to drive the price of your product or service lower. But here again, it's maybe a little murky. Who are the customers of a podcast? If you're saying to yourself, well, me, then this force is somewhat irrelevant because the vast majority of podcasts are free. But if you didn't answer me, then you probably have a good idea as to how podcasters make money. For the most part, it's from advertising. Because I'm relatively new to media, this concept is maybe a little bit convoluted because for me, a customer is someone who purchases a product or service for consumption. But again, podcasts are free, so who's actually paying for the podcast? For a large number of people podcasting, I think it's a hobby. But for those people who are dumb enough to try to create a podcasting business, they need the numbers before a potential advertiser will even speak to them. I know this is a pretty wide range, but the average number of downloads per episode seems to be somewhere between five and 10,000. So before an advertiser will talk to you, you have to have between five to 10, I think it's closer to 10,000 downloads on average per episode. The stock podcast is only averaging about 600 downloads. 
Yeah, after more than a year, the downloads for this podcast haven't even come close to that range. Now, some episodes have been much more popular than others. I think the single most popular episode is Vistra, and part of that was due to the fact that they issued a press release, which was awesome. That episode is close to 2,000 downloads, but that just goes to show that there's a big range in terms of the number of apps. But that just goes to show that there's a big range in terms of the total number of downloads per episode. But anyway, the downloads for this podcast, again, haven't even come close to that range. And that's part of the reason why I've started to rethink whether or not advertising is the right path to take. And this gets me back to the bargaining power of the customer, because if you just consider the sheer number of podcasts that have come to market over the past, well, just over the past year, advertisers are not ignorant to this, and the dollar value per listen has come down. Just to be clear, advertisers typically pay on a CPM basis. CPM stands for cost per mill, or cost per thousand. In the early days of podcasting, the CPM for a premium podcast might be something close to $100. So even if the stock podcast was receiving a $100 CPM Each episode would net me only $60 per episode. That's not a whole lot of money, but it's pretty meaningful for a podcast like Joe Rogan's, which has millions of downloads per episode. Over time, and with the mind-blowing growth in the number of podcasts, CPMs have come down a lot. It's my opinion that, going forward, the bargaining power of customers, i.e. advertisers, will go down even further. There's just so many podcasts out there, and there are just so many people who'd like to see some sort of income stream, especially if it's just a hobby for them. So, final assessment on Porter's third force, well, it's another Porter Pecker and the posterior of potential podcasters. The fourth force is the potential for new entrants. Well, there's just so many podcasters out there, and there are just so many people who'd like to see some sort of income stream especially if it's just a hobby for them. So even the smallest, most niche podcaster would probably say yes to call it a $25 CPM or even a $10 CPM. So at least from my perspective, the bargaining power of customers is super material. And it's a huge headwind for anyone who wants to start a podcasting business. Anyway, so moving on to Porter's fourth force. If you'd like to continue listening to this interview, you'll need to become a member. To become a member, just visit stockpodcast.com. Members have access to all full-length episodes, and depending on the membership that you purchase, you can even have access to the transcripts. So just go to the website, thestockpodcast.com, and click membership at the top. Also, if you really enjoyed the music, you should check out Danheim. That's D-A-N-H-E-I-M. Mike at Danheim gave me permission to use the music for the podcast, and so a huge thanks to Danheim. And with that, take care and good luck with your portfolio.